Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. Roll with Coda and roll on over to our digital fare management system that lets you digitize dollars and save money every time you ride. Never pay more than $4.50 a day or $62 a month, no matter how many times you ride. Learn more at Coda.com forward slash transit app. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to another episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and the offseason is in full swing. If by full swing, you mean abject silence. We're going to be talking qualifying offers who the Yankees did and did not extend the olive branch to and what surprising options have been declined in the last week that feel like a fit in the Bronx. Remember to give us those five-star reviews that we so covet and make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts and listen to your Yankees-related materials. Drop us a mailbag question along with your five-star reviews, and we will be sure to call all those together for future episodes and give you a fuller mailbag, and we'd like to hear from you. Thomas, uh, the silent offseason has begun. Get used to it, people. It's going to be very slow. If you thought the last what three years were slow. I think this is going to be, this is going to be the worst one of them all, uh, especially with the, these top players getting qualifying offers. I highly doubt a lot of these teams are going to want to surrender uh, a draft pick in addition to a long-term lucrative contract uh, to some of these guys. So expect the haggling to keep going. There's going to be a lot of beef. You're going to hear a lot from Scott Boris. I can assure you that. Um, hopefully the Yankees though, get the job done. I think that, and, you know, feel free to interject here. I think this is a prime opportunity for the Yankees to clean up, get a bunch of these guys on these bargain. Hey, look, I don't support it. I, I, I think the players deserve, you know, all the money that they've earned based on their performance. You know, it's a shame to see some of these guys get options declined or get the qualifying offer attached to them, which, which does devalue them, uh, as the off season progresses. But if this is going to be an off season, we're, 
all these ownership groups are hesitant about spending because of the pandemic, then the Yankees just need to clean up and sign like three or four guys, get them for good multi-year deals, eat the money now, and it'll pay off over the next four or five years, hopefully with a World Series championship and you know all the good stuff that comes along with that. But the Yankees have the money. We're not asking them to go out and sign George Springer. We're not asking them to go out and sign Trevor Bauer. But you know, bring back DJ, maybe get Tanaka back on a multi-year deal. Brad Hand would be nice. And then we got a couple of uh, uh, guys who had their uh, options declined that we are going to love to talk about during this pod because I think some of these teams made a mistake if we're being honest with ourselves here. Yeah, so the guys that got the qualifying offer, it's funny because it really does, you know, usually it's sort of this small impact thing that like isn't going to really dictate the direction uh, that a player's free agency goes. Most high-dollar free agents get slapped with a qualifying offer and teams go, uh, yeah, I don't care. I'll give up a draft pick to sign, you know, Garrett Cole. I, I, I don't care. Like, I, But in this market, it really might be prohibitive, and we didn't see the qualifying offer get attached to that many people. Um, the places where it seems to matter to me, uh, DJ LeMay, who got one, that's no big surprise. The Yankees will recoup draft pick compensation if he walks, and he shouldn't walk, and this should really be just like the last-ditch insurance policy against his departure. Masahiro Tanaka did not get one. Uh, so his co- the competition for his services is probably going to be larger uh, than that of LeMayhew uh, because they're, you know, you're not surrendering anything. If you uh, sign Tanaka, teams can just get him for the money. There is no additional draft pick tied to Tanaka's uh, arrival to your franchise. So that's pretty big. Uh, if that's a guy that you want on like a two-year deal, uh, you don't have to commit big money to him and you don't need to commit your resources. You just get the guy. So that's, that's pretty big. Um, Kevin Gossman got a qualifying offer attached to him with the San Francisco Giants which kind of takes him off my bargain big board. I thought that was an interesting guy for the Yanks. Uh, Gossman's been better than you probably realize. He's sort of a solid four ERA guy baseline. Good four starter with a power sinker. Uh, was really great in 2018 in Atlanta and was really, really good in San Francisco last year. So him getting the qualifying offer, I don't think anybody on earth is going to sign him. I thought he was like a one-year deal candidate. Now, you know, no one's going to do that and give up a draft pick. 18.9 mil is good value for him. Uh, he might want to just accept that, but he's probably going to work with the Giants on a long-term deal after this. Um, he is the kind of guy, Jake Odorizzi uh, took the qualifying offer last year and it was kind of a surprise. It's going to be less of a surprise if a guy like Gossman takes it this year or works out maybe a three-year equivalent deal with the Giants. Um, and then Marcus Stroman, uh, qualifying offer extended by the Mets. I mean, that should take him fully off the Yankees' plate. They probably shouldn't have been considering him anyway. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply considering all he does is fight on Twitter with Yankee fans and Yankee management. And he's still salty over a Brian Cashman quote from the 2019 trade deadline that said he wasn't like a real difference maker or whatnot, but he should probably just take that and go back to the Mets, right? Like Steve Cohen can afford 18.9 mil for Stroman. That's a worthwhile little flyer you can take. And I feel like I don't understand why in this climate, you know, coming off a non season, and sort of a weird, ineffective second half of, of 2019 that he wouldn't just accept the $19 million for one year and then go back at it next offseason. 
I think that's the move for him. It makes the most sense, especially because, like you said, opted out of 2020, um, and then his 2019 wasn't that great with the Mets. He pretty much just – he was aver- – his after coming over from the trade with the Blue Jays, he was right at his career averages. He it was 3.76 ERA and I think like a 1.35 whip, which is pretty much his career numbers. Uh, nothing special. So to get $19 million for one year – you know, you're devalued this year now that he has the, the qualifying offer, because if we're being honest with ourselves, was there a big market for Marcus Stroman? Especially because it's very obvious that he's shooting for the stars in free agency, which, you know, you can't blame the guy. But, you know, this is the worst time to shoot for the stars, especially when you just turned 30. You just missed an entire season and you are closer to a, you know, four ERA than you are a three point five ERA across your career numbers. So. Um, I think this is a perfect way for him to rebuild his value. And plus, if Cohen is going to be one of the few owners who's going to splurge this offseason, you might enjoy a really good year with the Mets. And then, you know, heading into your age 31 campaign, someone might give you a big four-year deal. I don't know. I think that's the move. But I think uh, talking about Tanaka not getting the qualifying offer is uh, is worth discussing. Um, I think at first it seemed – it was a little bit of a pessimistic situation. It's like, Oh shit, the Yankees don't really value him. But I think that these two guys, these two sides have a really good relationship over the last seven years. Look, we saw um, him obviously opt into his contract after the 2017 season. Uh, He was very communicative and apologetic uh, to the Yankees fan base after he injured his elbow. Uh, What was that back in 2015? Um, or to, was that his first year with the team yeah, actually 20, 2014, yeah, 2014, he came right over, had the partial tear in the UCL. He opted to not undergo surgery. Um, and then, uh, just, he's been a great, he's been a great, uh, stable force for us. I know that he gives up a lot of home runs and sometimes he'll get shelled, but overall reliable guy, great postseason pitcher. And I think, you know, this is the only MLB team he's ever played for. They have a special bond. The front office loves him. We heard Aaron Boone talk about him in uh, the end of season press conference. Absolutely loves the guy. So I think there are a few scenarios to run down here. And I'd like to hear if, if you had any other thoughts on your mind, because we wrote this article last night. And here's what I think. There are five scenarios that go down into the thought process by not giving Tanaka the qualifying offer. One is a very sad one. And it's that the Yankees have no interest in bringing him back and they don't want to risk him accepting the, the $18.9 million deal, which I, I think he probably would accept because that's a lot of money. I don't know if he's looking to play here long-term. We know that, you know, he's from Japan and he might want to finish his career there. We, we honestly don't know, but a one-year $19 million deal to come back with the Yankees and potentially win a World Series is enticing. So maybe the Yankees don't want to risk that. Two, the Yankees have interest in bringing him back, but not at that price. So they're willing to risk him signing elsewhere rather than him accepting the qualifying offer, which I I could see, but I don't think that that's, that's the option there. I think this is the best one. And then we'll go through the other two. The Yankees and Tanaka have already spoken and agreed that he wouldn't be offered the qual- qualifying offer because they both want to work out a more favorable multi, multi-year deal. I think that makes the most sense because I think he wants to be here. I think the Yankees probably want him back. And I think that they want to work out something that's fair because they probably are both very much aware of the situation. And look, let's face it, Tanaka cashed out, made $155 million over the last seven years. I don't think he's looking, you know, to break the bank on his next deal. I think he wants to be comfortable. I think he wants to be in a familiar environment. And I think the Yankees offer that to him. 
Uh, and then the last two ones, which I think um, also make, make some sense. The two sides have already spoken. Tanaka told the team he wanted to test free agency without the qualifying offer weighing down his value. As we said, the draft pick conversa- uh, compensation, especially in this offseason, is going to play a role. So the team respected his request because they have a good relationship and opted not to extend the offer to him. And then finally, the Yankees trust that Tanaka won't be too quick to jump the gun and sign elsewhere. So they see little reason to give him the qualifying offer because it could disadvantage both of them in some capacity. So what do you think about those? Yeah, I think the odds are high that they, uh, you know, I don't think this eliminates the link between the two parties. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't think you need to worry about not extending the qualifying offer being the end of the conversation between the Yankees and Tanaka. I don't think they wanted to be hamstrung by a potential $19 million acceptance before the rest of the offseason had even taken place. Uh, Because like you said, Tanaka is likely to jump at even, you know, it's not multi-year security. But he might be taking this not year to year at this point, but somewhat year to year. He he could return to Japan at any moment. Uh, he's talked about it and he's expressed interest in doing so. So he's not gonna, you know, he's not signing another five year deal anywhere, and pro- and you know probably not even a four year deal. Uh, so it's quite possible he would have taken nineteen mil off the bat, and it's also quite possible the Yankees will end up paying him nineteen ish mil per year for two years or maybe even for three, but I don't think they wanted him on the books before they got the DJ LeMahieu conversation in deep. I don't think they wanted, you know, this $19 million anchor weighing them down. It's the same reason that while they're eventually probably going to pay Brett Gardner to come to the Yankees, they were willing to ditch his $10 million option and forfeit it and pay him the two and a half million dollar buyout because they're going to settle somewhere on four or $5 million for one year in between, but they don't want any of these things on the books before they talk to their number one target. So we'll wait and see. I don't think this is the end of the road for Tanaka in pinstripes by any means. I do think he probably would have accepted the qualifying offer. I think this was a conversation. I mean, he said farewell to the Yankees already. He's well aware that the end of an era comes with the end of that seven-year deal, which he opted into after the 2017 World Series, which which most people kind of didn't think he was going to. Um, so he, he has wrapped up that era completely. The next era of Tanaka seeking contracts is going to be different. You know, he, he's not going to receive a $155 million offer. So he is saying goodbye to what has been. Um, I think he would have taken the 19 mil. And I think the two sides are going to be ready. It's somewhere in between there. They're going to have another conversation. Uh, the Yankees don't want him at 19 mil for one year. And I don't think he really wants to be there at 19 mil for one year. Um, in addition to these guys getting their qualifying offers and draft pick compensation, it is worth noting. There are a lot of players who have now been sliced loose, uh, from the ranks of free agency who we probably did not see coming. Um, at least people who in previous years would not have had their just over $10 million options. Next, uh, guys like Colton Wong with the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, instead of getting probably a mid range multi-year extension, is instead on the free agent market. Uh, there was a graphic uh, of Wong's production versus Brandon Phillips's production. Uh, and Phillips parlayed his production at basically the same age last decade into a six-year, $72 million deal. And Wong is now on the scrap heap. Uh, and the Cardinals have, have chosen to jettison Wong's contract instead of you know even entertaining paying him $12 million for one more year. Uh, other guys whose options have been uh, declined in, in sort of surprising to not so surprising fashion. Chris Archer from the pirates. Uh, his option was, you know, thrown right into the garbage. He's coming off thoracic outlet syndrome. 
which is sort of this devastating potential career ender uh, for players. Sometimes it's, it's much more, you know, harrowing than just a simple shoulder injury. It's pressure being placed, you know, by your sockets on, you know, nerves and things that are cutting off your circulation. Uh, Josh Beckett's career was basically ended by a thoracic outlet. Now I'm just listing off the guys here that are sort of of somewhat interest to me or, or are of note. Uh, and I'll throw it to you in a little bit to sort of give me your opinion on which of these guys you favor. Um, Adam Eaton of the Washington Nationals is now available, a very recent uh, World Series hero in 2019. Similarly, Howie Kendrick from those very same Washington Nationals uh, is also available. Uh, you got to think he might retire. He's told people he may retire. He may be available. Um, in a similar bucket, uh, Charlie Morton, the Tampa Bay Rays did not pick up his $15 million option. He's another potential retirement candidate. Uh, he wants to stay on the East Coast. You can parse those storylines however you want, but the facts remain that he is available. Uh, so after the break, uh, we're going to be right back, uh, and then I'm going to throw it to you, Thomas, when we return to sort of give me a rundown of these guys, who you're leaning towards uh, being interested in, who you think is viable. Uh, we will be right back. Okay. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know, your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know, a falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. So I will hand it over to you. Uh, who are your guys and who's sort of a real... Aw, you didn't have to go so all out for my birthday. Yes, we did. Because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for their... This is Jamie from Progressive. No, this is a great time. Progressive protects you 24-7. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. <clears throat> Jamie. Can you hold on one second? Uh, I gotta take this call. But remember, birthdays are about togetherness. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage subject to policy terms. Realistic target for this Yankee team. Nice. I love this game show. This is a fun one. Yeah, we how about seen, it? We haven't, because we that you ha, we haven't seen this many options declined, especially a team. Nobody was making a prohibitive amount of money on any of these team options. Let's let's also make that clear. I think it was all $12 million or under. And $12 million for a guy like Colton Wong, certainly worth it, uh, in my opinion. I think in most people's opinion, he's, he's a pretty versatile guy, and, and he's still uh, very much in the prime of his career. Um, let's see, though. I think one we talked about last week that you didn't mention here, obviously, because it was already d- discussed, Brad Hand. Indians declined his $10 million option. That's a bargain for a guy of his caliber. I think that's perfect for the back end of the Yankees bullpen. They need a guy, another hybrid guy who can kind of, you know, be the seventh, eighth or ninth inning uh, arm for them. Um, and, you know, if they want to trade Chapman and get his money off the books, we discussed a million times. We don't know how or if that's even possible. Even with Chapman, Brad Hand is a perfect acquisition, in my opinion. Um, secondly, I love um, I love Adam Eaton. If we're talking about declining Brett Gardner's option and he's not coming back, and we need another lefty swinging outfielder who gets on base. Adam Eaton's your guy. 282 uh, career hitter, 360 on base percentage. The only thing that he leaves to be desired is his slugging percentage, but we don't care about that. We need a guy who is aggressive at the plate, works the counts, gets hits, puts balls in play, and you know can work a walk here and there. And Adam Eaton is exactly that guy. He'll be entering his age 32 season. 
Um, he's probably still a starter, but we don't know if he's going to get paid starter money because this is a very complicated market. Those are my two favorite guys. I'd probably put Colton Wong on the tier two because I think that complicates things a little bit in terms of the infield um, and whatnot. Uh, I think he'd be a great addition. I think Howie Kendrick is probably more the fit there. Versatile uh, defender, uh, aggressive bat, um, would come very cheap. Um, and I do like Charlie Morton, but I think we missed the boat there for being honest with ourselves. I think he's, he's entering his age 38 season. Uh, as we talked about a million times, the time to sign him was two years ago. And that probably makes all the difference in the world for us. Uh, so I'm not so sure that that's up the Yankees alley at this point. I wouldn't, especially because, you know, they, they're going to probably need a left-hander. And then if you're signing Morton, you're pretty much jettisoning Masahiro Tanaka, I guess, if, if we're going to look at it through that lens, I don't know if that, if that makes things super complicated, but that's kind of the, the, the way that I see it. Um, and Chris Archer, I'm not taking a chance on whatsoever. That is a very bad injury. Um, I feel for the guy, great character, great representation for the game of baseball. Um, but he hasn't been good for years now. The Rays, it's proven they got off him at the perfect time and got a, a return that, you know, has, has screwed us for the past two or three years. Um, so they were smart to do it when they get rid of somebody like that, you know, something's up because they're a very smart front office. That's my take on those guys. Um, I think that, I think that you splurge a little bit and go multi years with Eaton in hand and call it a day. And this is if you don't get Gardner back. Uh, but you know, I know everybody loves Brett Gardner. I love Brett Gardner too, but what going to be 38 years old, um, doesn't hit for average. I know he gets on base and works counts, but you know, we don't need, like we said, another redundant guy who walks and hits home runs. We need somebody who puts the ball in play. Adam Eaton is that perfect guy. And if you can get him and Brad hand at a discount and just bite the bullet, pay an extra, you know, 10 to 15 million in totality for, you know, two or three years under contract that extends your world series window so much, uh, gives you the great veteran depth that you need. And I think those are the moves you spend a little bit of extra money and it's not a prohibitive cost and it helps you in the long run in a tremendous way. Yeah, Archer is really weird to me um, because everything about sort of the peripherals on Archer before the injury indicated that he was still great. I mean, the FIP was always in the mid threes. His ERA was in the low fours. So he was always sort of underperforming in reality based on what the, you know, the margins told us that he should be doing. He's still striking out like 240 batters a season in 200 innings uh, and not pitching well. And then came the awful 2019 five plus ERA season where nothing got on track. And then the thoracic outlet, which like is a, is a really big deal. Like we're, we're not talking about people always talk about how baseball injuries are the worst. And people always talk about how kind of like elbow injury, you know, get Tommy John, it fixes it shoulder injury. It's a little more serious. Maybe you don't come back from that. And then like the high extreme end of the spectrum is this thoracic outlet, which like sometimes you genuinely don't come back from, especially if you're in your thirties, like your career might just be over. You might be ineffective now. You might be like, if the Yankees sign Chris Archer, you might be signing Chin Ming Wong. Like, I just don't see a point in that. Like it's somebody, I, uh, usually I would say I'm tripping over. Like usually I would say someone's going to do it this year in this climate. I actually don't even know if someone's going to do it. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if it's worth 
it, like Archer might be out until July. So you, you're probably gonna have plenty of time to make that decision. If you're the Yankees, uh, hands a great one, because you know, when we talked about hand last week, he was still in the waiver process and there were rumors that someone had sort of given the Indians the heads up that, you know, they'd be willing to be a trade partner for hand. Uh, clearly that was a lie or, or some smoke screens because hand is now, you know, he, all he costs is money at this point, the Indians decided to buy him out for the 1 million, which, you know, would have been dumped if he had been able to be traded at some point that didn't happen. So Brad hand is now on the market. Like everyone else. I'm a huge Eaton fan. It's obviously a little bit recency bias uh, in 2019. He was incredible. And he was sort of the engine that drove a, a very annoying, relentless world champion, which is what you want. And the difference between Eaton and Brett Gardner, not for nothing, is that Eaton is, you know, younger, but also did it for a team that actually was able to finish the job. So Brett Gardner has the reputation for being Adam Eaton, but on, you know, on a decade's worth of teams that can't get past uh, the finish line and over the hump. So hate to say it, but that's, that's where my view on Eaton is right now. He's coming off an awful 2020. So, you know, if after 2019 in a different monetary climate, his option became available when he hit 279, 15 homers, 49 ribs, 365 OBP, really good baseball player uh, who, you know, keyed the difference in, uh, you know, making a world champion go. He and Howie Kendrick were really the engine. Um, I'm a huge Kendrick fan versus Colton Wong, just because, you know, if he can be convinced to stay in the game of baseball, and, you know, avoid retirement for one last year and try to maybe grab another ring at the tail end. He sort of brings, uh, you know, the cheapness, veteran versatility. You can plug Kendrick in anywhere, whether it be the outfield or second base or third base in a pinch. Um, there are a lot of things Howie Kendrick can do, and you're not going to have to convince Howie Kendrick to do a whole lot. Colton Wong is fun uh, in theory. Obviously, if you tell me Colton Wong is on my roster, it doesn't prevent them from signing DJ LeMayhew. You know, I've talked about this in the past. Get good players should be your motto. Uh, you know, you should just get as many good players as you can and figure it out later. You look at the teams that beat us and the teams that win the World Series every year. There's an overflow of people, and there's always someone who plays themselves out of being effective by the end of the season, like Adam Ottavino, you know, was the most important bullpen piece in 2019 until the playoffs started when he was pretty much unplayable and useless. There's someone who's going to be a part of your grand plans in April and May who's not there in October, whether it be injury or ineffectiveness. So the more good players you have, the better. If the Yankees had signed Didi Gregorius last year, not that that was really on the table because he needed a, an assurance of a starting job and he needed a pillow contract. But just using that name as an example, if they had signed someone to the level of Didi Gregorius, then odds are much lower. You're going to see Tyro Estrada and Tyler Wade and even Jordy Mercer starting games in the middle to end of August for a team that fancies itself the American League favorite because the Yankees left themselves thin. They left themselves with some upside people on the bench who they believed in, but not established major leaguers. And then somehow you end up just absolutely scrambling, wondering what Matt Duffy's contract looks like uh, at the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre alternate site, because that's what you're left with. You, you don't have a viable player beyond Urshela, Torres, LeMahieu, and Voight. It, you know, the people behind them aren't doing the job. So it's going to be harder to fit Colton Wong into a hole like that because he is going to want to be a starter. Um, and, you know, he's going to want the assurance that LeMahieu is gone rather than be willing to come on board before the final cards have been drawn. So there's been a lot of Wong uh, to the Angels interest. I've seen that. And you know what? That just feels a little more likely to me for many reasons, but chief among them being 
uh, the Angels can straight up say to Colton Wong, we're going to pay you money. You're going to play for us. You want to start? You, you can start now. Uh, rather than the Yankees who have some things to work out. Uh, Kendrick's sort of my guy. I agree on Morton. Um, although, once again, it, it just Morton feels like a classic thing where conventional wisdom is we probably shouldn't do it. And then we don't do it. And then, you know, a Connecticut native goes to the Red Sox and goes 14 and five and <laughs> pitches a deciding playoff game for them. Um, so shouldn't do it. Probably did miss the boat there, but odds are pretty high. He, he goes somewhere that's very annoying and is still annoying for another year or two. Yeah, I, I sadly disagree with that. I mean, I sadly agree with that. I think that he is going to go somewhere and be effective for a year or two, but we don't need another righty, especially if the organization is happy with um, Davey Garcia's progress and they want to see Clark Schmidt next year. I guess it's, it would be a potential good stopgap option. But like I said, then you're complicating the Tanaka scenario and then you're not really prioritizing a left-hander. And I don't even know what, you know, solid left-handers are available. Um, if we're even really going to dive into that, like anybody that you would think is worth it because there's not like Mike Miner could be a good bargain. Jose Quintana could be a solid bargain. John Lester, Cole Hamels, but Cole Hamels and Lester are on the same you know, trajectory is Morton's actually better than both of them at this point. I think that's not really a discussion. Uh, Jay Hap's gone, probably not bringing back Paxton, as we talked about. Um, Alex Wood, probably not, but that's another lefty. So it's going to be weird. I think that if they're going to address the rotation, it's probably going to be via trade. I think they have to sort out these other, uh, these position player uh, issues through the free agent market because there's a lot of guys available um, and the bullpen as well through, through the uh, free agency market, unless they were to go ham and somehow get their hands on Josh Hader. But that's just, that's just seemed like a fantasy for the last three years or two years where everyone's like, Oh, do it. And everyone, and the Brewers are like, no, we're not, we're not doing this, dude. We're not like, this is not happening. We're keeping him. Um, and plus that would be a prohibitive cost in a trade. And then you're talking rising arbitration costs over the next three years. I think he's slated to make like 6 million in his first year of arbitration eligibility, which means probably by the end of that, it's closer to 20 mil. Um, so not really going to be cheap for, for Josh Hader either, but I'm getting off track here. Anyway, a lot of guys available. I think this is the year where the Yankees should take advantage of the buyer's market. They probably won't because why would they do anything that we ask them to do? They rarely do. Uh, but I think it's late. It's, it's, uh, it's teed up for them right here, right now. And they have the opportunity to make themselves better at the margins, which is what we've been talking about for fucking three months now. And I, I really hope that, you know, Hal Steinbrenner is like, you know what, just spend the extra 50 mil and get us there. And then that's it. Cause at the end of the day, it's really not that much money. And, you know, bringing back DJ LeMahieu, it's going to cost you, but you're paying for his prime. This is like, sorry to get off track again, but paying for DJ like right now shouldn't even be an issue because how many times are we sitting here crying about 12-year contracts and 13-year contracts and, oh my God, it's too much money. It's this and that. It's okay, great. That's a long-term investment that you have to eat as a billionaire because that's just the way it is. But guess what? DJ LeMahieu is in his prime right now. You're probably getting max value for every year that you're paying for, assuming this is a four-year deal, which uh, I think that's pretty much the general consensus consensus around people talking about it. So pay the money for the four years. You're going to get four great years, and that's the end of it. There's no sunk cost at the end of it. There's no depreciation of any sort. So splurge a little bit now. It'll pay off 
years down the road and you can probably open your championship window up a little bit, you know, more than, than you had previously thought that that's my, uh, that's my viewpoint on the whole thing. Yeah. The fact that they were willing to do the Zach Britton thing for two years does spell out to me that while the Yankees are not going to splurge like crazy this off season, they're at least willing to entertain these low dollar deals and find a middle ground. Whereas other teams are just very quick to jettison very slight costs. There is really no reason that the 2019 world champions should be getting rid of $10 million worth of money for Adam Eaton. Like there's really no reason the brewers even should be declining Ryan Braun. Like these, these are just things that teams with money have to do. And you sentenced yourself to do these like two or three years ago. These are viable uses of your cash. And, you know, if other teams aren't willing to pick up these $10 million options, the Yankees should probably just take 20 million and grab three of these people and call it a day. But what do we know? We're going to learn more in the next couple of weeks. Or who are we kidding? Months. Uh, if the Yankees don't sign anyone, expect me to pull a President Trump and bring our lawyers in. We'll resolve this quickly. <laughs> it is going to be just as annoying watching the offseason unfold as it is watching the election results come in. So we hope you stick it out with us. That is it for this episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Remember to please find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you do get your podcasts. You Google Podcast people have been very active uh, in these last week or so. We commend you. I I've never used Google Podcasts, but it, it seems great. Why don't you leave us a five-star review with a mailbag question and tell me what Google Podcasts is and why I should be using it because uh, you people love podcasts. I tell you, I'll tell you that right now. Um, but we really do appreciate it. And we're, we're going to have three episodes. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. For week for you all off season long, no matter how tedious it gets. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib, and you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Also, please head on over to yanksgoyard.com. All the content you can ever imagine will be there, especially over the next few weeks and months, because this is going to be a long off season. And most importantly, guys, election day is tomorrow. Get out and vote. If it's by mail, if it's in person, I don't care what it is. Just do it. It's part of your civic duty. And that's the end of it. So let's go Yankees and get out there and vote. If you haven't voted yet, vote now, vote tomorrow, then stop voting. Please don't vote after tomorrow. Uh, you just, you cannot do that. Uh, but I'll be there tomorrow and hopefully, uh, yeah, I'll see you there. Uh, take care, everybody. See ya. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. You know me, I'm a huge football fan, but it can be stressful for us super fans. So Progressive is going to help take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how your team threw the wrong ball on the wrong net, just think about how Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Well, hope this distraction about Progressive's Home Court Explorer was helpful. It sure helped me from stressing about my team for a bit. Anyway, go sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.